This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host S1E1. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code Podcast 21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. $5 on Spooky Dookie, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I imagine his glue would be very sticky. (laughs) (laughs) His glue smells like shit. Welcome, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just its first televised episode, and rating on just that alone, decide if it's a show that we would want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're talking about The Simpsons. The Simpsons has gone over 700 episodes over 33 seasons on Fox. Today we're going to be talking about episode one, which was called Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, which originally aired December 17th, 1989. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, Gordo, Ferg, Joe, and Nick. What's up, guys? Hello. Hello. Ho, ho, don't! <laughs> I was going to the ho, ho, ho. Mr. Simpson, you drop your pork chop. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, so this is our holiday episode. We, we haven't done a cartoon up until now, and we've debated how we would go about it, but this is really the only Christmassy pilot episode that we could think of, at least, so uh, we kind of had to throw it in here. Don't expect one next year. I was going to say, next year, uh, next year, uh, we're taking the week <laughs> we off. We pivot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, from what I gather, it looks like this wasn't supposed to be the pilot either. They were going to do a different episode, but I think time-wise, they were just like, might as well throw it out there. Yeah, it even says the thing, like a, a Simpsons Christmas, like, yeah. like special. Yeah, it was like a special. It was like made to look like a special. And even at the top of the episode, the only reason I said over 700 episodes, I usually give a more specific number. I wasn't totally sure and multiple sites gave slightly different answers and I wasn't about to count them all out. So I didn't know if they were counting Treehouse of Horror episodes, specials, everything. So we're just going to go with over 700 and I'm sure there's going to be a fanatic who has a more realistic number and you can correct us on our social well, media, which you can find Jay, it. Yeah. Uh. Well, if you went ran off Simpson Wiki and you went, but yeah, anyways, uh, <laughs> it was going to happen it has to be the squeaky voice the classic squeaky voice teenager from the simpsons who has to do it though like actually sir that's actually more than 400 episodes yeah s21pod.com that's where you can find all our social media so go give us a follow there if you haven't done that already so yeah i mean the simpsons we can get into a little bit of the backstory real quick i want to jump into the episode sooner than later but originally just um the tracy ellman show is just uh small sketches that that's how this whole thing started off is anybody a fan of tracy ellman here i love tracy ellman i know she's kind of forgotten about now but i've always been a huge fan never saw her show at all so i've never seen like the simpsons get on a show. yeah i've just seen like stills like pictures I, i've never actually seen like i, I never watched tracy allman or anything i'm not overly familiar with the show is a little before our time i will say years and years ago when we were probably still in middle school at a comic convention i bought a vhs that's um just all of the simpsons sketches from the tracy allman show so i still have that somewhere yeah it's definitely a different vibe for the sketches but she's been around forever she's like a british comedian she's got a bunch of really cool records that she's put out and uh she's also probably most notably for us aside from the simpsons latrine in uh robin hood men in tights okay nobody i thought that was a huge movie i don't know i watched uh, it all the time Ferg laughed. 
watched it. It's been a very movie. long time. It's been a very, very long time. I, I, I saw it when it was newer, and I was pretty young at the time, so I haven't revisited. If I recall her big quote in that movie is, why is your name Latrine? And she says, because our family changed it from shithouse, which as a kid, I was not <laughs> so funny. <laughs> That's one of the bang I gotta go back to. <laughs> I just remember the end with they, uh, we're gonna name all the toilets in the land John. Of course, that's the line you remember. <laughs> to get back into The Simpsons a little bit, do you think it's insane that it's over 700 episodes deep, though, and still running and, like, actively, like... Do any of you guys still actively watch this show? No, no. And, and at this point, they're just keeping it on to keep that streak alive, I think. Yeah. I, I'm sure they have a handful of fans, but... I don't yeah, I don't know anybody watches. who actively watches this show to the point where I I think you might be right. I don't think they have a huge fan base anymore. They can't. I think the ratings are actually pretty decent. Last time I like looked it up, which was a while ago now, but their later seasons are still doing solid numbers. Nothing insane like at its height, but when is it more even than on? a lot of average shows. Is it on Friday still? Friday night? Sunday. Sunday. Okay. I'd like to think that there's the opposite of us. Like, I feel like you could put most of us in a room and put on any episode for maybe seasons one through 12, maybe 14-ish. And we could quote at least half of it, right? Like, it's so present in our lives. But anything from 15 on, it gets, like, a little sporadic. And then it's just like, I don't know what's happening anymore. I wonder oh, if there are, Dr. like, younger who? kids who have the opposite of that. Where, like, they don't watch the old ones. They just know the more digital, sort of modern-looking ones and stuff. That's how, that's how Doctor Who is, though. Like I said before. It, there's um the old school fans that like the original series, and then there's like the new Whovians that are terrible people. New Whovians? Yeah. I've never heard that, that before. <laughs> the Red Dwarf episode really got to you. Now you're saying uh, British colloquialisms. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't they? Because I know for a while the newer episodes kind of were tanking, and then like it, it got like a renaissance of, of sorts, the Simpsons did. Like the, the episode, it was kind of like with South Park, too. Like South Park went downhill for a while, and then all of a sudden it came popular again south park had a ability to adapt a little better than the simpsons but the simpsons tried i mean and i think that was the problem is they really tried to compete with family guy and that's kind of when it went down yeah i do like that the simpsons will take big swings that south park won't right like south park will take big swings that are like very everybody knows what we're doing and we're gonna rip on somebody we know people get mad like they keep up on every current event but like the Simpsons will do like an episode where they just make fun of Morrissey, which is like kind of a big swing because that's a really small group of people who are going to like really get that joke and think it's funny and like fuck that guy or whatever, you know, uh, and that episode was really good. It's probably the only new one I've seen in five or six years. And it was funny. They really ripped him to shreds. But like you're only appealing to a small group. The one time I watched a more recent episode of The Simpsons was uh, still a few years back now. And, um, you know, for those of you listening, you probably know by now, we're all from the Boston area. They did a whole Boston episode where they went to Boston and like they, because most of the writers are from this area too, and they just packed it with references from this area. So I watched that out of curiosity and it was a good episode. But that being said, was it good because we're from here and we caught all the references or was it yes. good because it was good? <laughs> so, I mean, it's tough to say. I, I'd be I'd be curious to watch like an episode from the one of the newer seasons as a standalone just to see how i feel about it but uh you know we should get back into the original which is what we're talking about today because we are going to review this based on just our opinion of this episode alone we're going to try to exclude anything we know about the simpsons and try to be fair about that (laughs) we're breaking format with animation i'm breaking format (laughs) with this i i totally get to bring in newer episodes i'm gonna bring up so much new shit I'm only going to quote Bronson, Missouri the entire episode. (laughs) Hey, Mark, can I get some cookies? No dice. 
Well, before we record a five-hour episode on The Simpsons, let's just start off at the beginning of this episode, episode one. So uh, right off the bat, we see um, <laughs> Homer and Marge driving down in their car, and they're heading to the elementary school. They're running late for a uh, holiday, a uh, Christmas, what is it, pageant? pageant. Or, uh, yeah, the Springfield Elementary Annual Christmas Pageant. Yes, which uh, got three and a half stars from the Springfield Shopper, <laughs> according to the sign when they came in. But yeah, I mean, we've all done these school pageants. I think um, when we were in middle school, didn't we get kicked out of one for a moment because we were doing the 12 Days of Christmas and it was like we were number seven. Flying monkeys. So yeah, seven flying monkeys. And then she immediately kicked us all out. And I had to like. I swore nobody Ms. knew Brophy we did that. No, uh, sense of humor. Yeah, I swore nobody heard it. And I got home from school. And my aunt, who lived downstairs at the time, I walked up the door and she opened the door and just said, seven flying monkeys. And then closed the door again. I was like, somebody noticed what we were doing. <laughs> I was so proud. If I remember, I had to like lawyer my way into getting us all back into the school play. And then we still did it anyways. Because <laughs> we, we, for whatever reason, tipped our hand and did it during a practice, which is not the right way to go about a prank. But you got to practice. <laughs> Technically, we but, uh, needed to practice. Yeah, it's fair for her. <laughs> right away, once they get in, we see Homer, Marge, and their daughter Maggie. They're they're kind of going through the front row and they're trying to find their seats. And uh, the kids are already going, and they're just singing a I don't know what song it was to begin, but they were doing Christmas songs right off the bat. Oh, uh, one of the funniest funniest things of this for me was Homer walking through and he's just like trying to introduce himself. Like you get the idea. He's like he knows all the parents, but at one point he just goes. Ooh, pardon my galoshes and then the woman goes <laughs> and i left so hard that. I love he says, you got roped into this too eh? yeah yeah <laughs> i was just gonna say that yeah you got roped into this too i do love the like camaraderie of like a bunch of parents at this thing being like why are we here this is a nightmare that's what soccer is like <laughs> yeah you've been to situations like this before have you ever pardoned somebody's mm-hmm. galoshes and uh no i have pardoned someone's galoshes but yeah, when um, so when that f- song finishes, the principal gets up and he introduces the second class. We're going to be doing their Santas of the world. So uh, we have a few examples before. Uh, the first one who comes up is a girl who's the German Santa who uh, talks about how uh, the bad kids uh, he gives whipping rods to their parents. <laughs> and I don't know if any of these are real things or not. They might, very well might be. I thought immediately of Belschnickel with that. That's exactly yes. what I thought about. Yeah, which all seem to actually be based off of like a real thing. Right? That is a real thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. They probably pulled from something like that because he had the whipping stick for being naughty and nice. We did rewatch all the Office Christmas episodes last weekend, getting in the festive spirit, and the Peacock did remove the scene from that episode where uh, Nate comes in in blackface. They just completely cut it out on Peacock. I don't know. I thought all you Office fans, I thought, would be interested by that little tidbit. At least they didn't remove the whole episode like they did with uh, Community. They removed the entire um, Dungeons and Dragons episode because Mr. Chan is a black elf, but he, he basically wearing blackface. They cut uh, Diversity Day out of um, Peacock, which is the second Office episode really? any, uh, ever. Yeah. Last I remember, <sighs> it was gone. I don't know if it came back. Collateral damage is what that is. But uh, yeah, so after the German Santa, we get a kid who's he's a, like the Japanese version of Santa. He's a Japanese priest. And uh, the end of his little spiel, he talks about how he has eyes in the back of his head and he just has the, the old like slinky eyes, glasses, like just on backwards. So when he turns around, like you expose them, but like one of the eyes like plops down, which it shouldn't be shocking, but everyone in the audience is like gasped in horror. Like they've never seen that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that. I was like, how was that like horrifying? It wasn't like a real eyeball or anything. It was like a slinky. Yeah, it was it, it was very simple. I would expect more like laughing parents at that point. Like, oh, look, that kid's being a goofball. A capital city goofball. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, up third is Lisa, who is the 
the do- oldest daughter of the Homer and Marge. So now their their kid's finally up and they're excited because now it's her turn. And she's doing like she's doing the um what is it? The she's the Santa Claus of the South Seas. Tawanga. And then she performs this like dance with like lit torches. And I was a little distracted by why was she basically naked from yeah, the waist down? Yeah. Like why did we see Lisa's boobs so hard? I don't know why they made them the same color, but she was wearing a pants. You could sometimes see the rim on her ankles. Yeah, they cheaped out on the animation on this, and instead we just had a dancing, naked, fire-wielding, face-mask-wearing yeah. eight-year-old. I mean, just think about that, too, though. So animation now is not that easy, right? Like, it's become more digitized and stuff like that, and it's more difficult. But, I mean, like, was it fucking Reagan was still president when this show came out? Like, this well, was, like, frame for frame. This is excited, Joe. Yeah. Frame for frame animation. Like, I guess you got to give it some leeway when you think about that. They were lazy with stuff like that. Like, if you look at Barney's hair in that first episode, it's the same color as his skin. Stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But that's a pass when it looks like there's a second grade girl running around naked. Maybe you go, hey, maybe we should just make the grass skirt uh, green. Like, maybe that's a better way around that. Well, I imagine she's the Santa Claus of whatever island it is that uh, Jeffrey Epstein owns. All right. That wasn't that funny, Ferg. Shut up. <laughs> you made me laugh. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> That's this week's one. It's Christmas. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Epstein. Joe, did you hang your Christmas lights? <laughs> no, and neither did Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the fourth grade. <laughs> we get a... Uh, we get the fourth grade well class played. up and they're going to be singing uh, Jingle Bells. So they're singing and then we meet Bart, who's their son for the first time. And it's, I was curious about this, right? So they're singing Jingle Bells and then Bart gets into the Jingle Bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. We've all sang that version throughout our childhood. I don't know if the Simpsons wrote that or. Yeah. Was this where we got it? I, yeah, I really have no idea. History of that? I honestly think so, but I'm not sure. But it's funny. It's the second time that that's come up on this show. There was the time yeah. that Joe mixed it up with a different song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been around since the 50s, 60s Batman, I guess. So it was not. Oh, really? Simpsons. Well, Batman yeah. has smelled since yeah. the 50s. He's been smelting and delting for 60 years at this point. <laughs> That shark repellent is not the the freshest of scents. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and again, not to jump ahead, but this isn't even the first time, or this isn't the last time either, that uh, they have somebody singing this song on a Simpsons episode of the Christmas too. Christmas episode of the Simpsons. Like the song comes back, they sing it like a bunch of times during the season or the show. Well, like other Christmas episodes. Yeah, like when Bart has the casino in his uh, treehouse. I can't remember who they get to be the singer, but that's what he's singing. It's like he's like swinging '60s <laughs> Vegas song. Is it Millhouse? No, it's not Millhouse. He was busy having his second spaghetti meal for that day. Oh. <laughs> no, I thought in this one is where the My Dingling song came in. Like, I could have sworn that <laughs> That's it was way later. Pilot, but I could have sworn it was in this pilot because that kid who sings it, I don't even know his name. But, like, this is an episode where you would introduce someone like that. Because it wasn't Bard. It wasn't any of the major players. So I was expecting the My Dingling song. Didn't, yeah, I think that's later on, and it's Millhouse who sings it. No, it's not. It's some other blue. It's the kid, kid. who he's all white, and his hair is like white too. I don't know his the character's name. Yeah, he's like a one-off character. Okay, he's the Dingaling song. So after that, uh, now the family's back at their house later in the night. Uh, Marge is writing like a Christmas letter for their Christmas card, and at the same time, Homer is like going through the drawer, taking out Christmas decorations to start setting up. So uh, Marge's letters just says like, Dear friends of the Simpson family, we had some sadness and some gladness this year. 
First, the sadness. Our little cat Snowball was unexpectedly run over and went to kitty heaven. But we bought a new little cat, Snowball 2. So I guess life goes on. Speaking of life going on, Grandpa is still with us. Feisty as ever. Maggie is walking by herself. Lisa got straight A's. And Bart, well, we love Bart. <laughs> it's good exposition. It gives you a good, like, real quick chunk of this is the family. This is the past year. Jump right into our lives. But what a lost art, too. Like, the Christmas, like, that's the thing you see in sitcoms and stuff, right? Like, people write, like, the family update for the year. But now with social media, everybody knows what the fuck everyone else is doing. Like, what a, what a thing that's totally gone. True. Right. And then Marge asks uh, Bart and Lisa for their Christmas list so she can, you know, tell them to Santa so the workshop can start getting at him. And Bart's like, oh, please, there's only one fat guy that brings us presents and his name ain't Santa. <laughs> I feel like, uh, realistically, not to, I don't know, I don't think we have any children listeners, but the allure of Santa, if Bart's only in fourth grade, I feel like you're still believing at that point, aren't you? It's He's kind like of, nine years old? No, it's kind of at the point where, like, the bad boys, I feel like, are going to be like, you know, Santa's not real, or something to kind of go against the grain, like the real bad, the real bad kids. But I feel like deep down, they still believe. Like, Max is, you know, Max maybe, is 10, yeah. and I think this is our last year, um, being able to do the whole Santa. He's getting a little too too hip to it. Yeah, is there some sad. sadness that comes with that? Yeah. yeah. But then I can take credit for all the fucking things Santa stole credit for, so <laughs> I'm about that, too. Well, on an upside for that, too, though, like, it's super sad. I can only imagine, right? And I think about it sometimes, and I'm like, what a, what a symbol of, like, your childhood innocence going away, right? But we just five of us on this episode were like, do you remember when that happens? And nobody remembered. So, like, it can't fuck with you that hard, I guess, you know? Like, it's probably a bummer for a little while, but then you're like, I don't know, there's meatballs and presents. Everyone's stoked, right? Like, we're good. Like, I feel like fine. it's a matter of letting it occur to you on your own. If your parents take that from you way too young, it's probably more of a devastating hit. Sure. I feel like you hear I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus and you get it one day and you're like, son of a bitch. And then it's all downhill from there. Before they were dropping hints Santa's the whole time. <laughs> it's right under our noses. So yeah, on the Christmas list, Lisa asks for a pony. It's the third year in a row she's asked for a pony. And Marge tells that Santa can't fit a pony into the sleigh. Like, can you take a hint? <laughs> she's telling her, please take a hint. We're not getting you a <laughs> I pony. I love that line. <laughs> But like, no one, but I, I don't know if it's like what I know from the future of her, because you really don't get an idea about how like smart she is from this episode. But I feel like she, even though being younger than Bart would have figured it out, that Santa's yeah, not real by she then. should know. You do get a sense though, later in the episode when she's talking to. Yeah, I suppose. To the Patty sisters. Patty or Selma. Yeah. Yeah. About, about how smart she is. But yeah, I think that she's more innocent than Bart. I yeah. think that's what that's trying to portray. Yeah. Bart, who, by the way, wants a tattoo for Christmas because they're cool and they last the rest of your life. I mean, he's, he's not wrong. wrong. He's not wrong. Well, about that. Well, it depends on the cool part. I mean, that they, they're not all cool. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would argue not all of mine are cool, but they do last forever. Yeah. We could all take turns showing our not cool tattoos pretty easily. Not me. Virgin skin, <sighs> baby. No, you have that Godsmack tattoo on your yeah. back. You just don't show anybody. <laughs> yeah. You get that Batista Godsmack tattoo across the belly button. <laughs> it's actually Batista with a belly button tattoo of Godsmack. It's so. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe so on the Instagram we'll we'll post all our dumbest tattoos, but I feel like that'll just be a terrible dumb post, and I don't think that we should even showcase in that way. You can't unleash the dragon on people. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Marge tells him you're not getting a tattoo for Christmas, and I like Homer's retort. He's like, "Yeah, if you want one, you have to pay for it out of your own allowance." <laughs> Which I love because that means he's still paying for it. Troy. Right. Like he's not like go get a job and you can get a tattoo. He's like you get allowance for me, save it up and you can get a tattoo. But at least you know in that regard he'll get some chores done around the house to uh 
to justify it. And it's always good to learn, you know, hard work or not hard work, but saving money, you know? I right. how much a tattoo was back then. Oof, it depends how much. It's 89, right? 89. 89, yeah. And Tracy Elman Show was 87. 89. You get some decent for under 100 bucks. I think so, yeah. I mean, Massachusetts, they weren't even legal yet. No. Plain, not until we were in high school. wall, like, mom tattoo, that, that's probably like 50 bucks, right? Oh, Most sure likely. you could get for 50 bucks, yeah, like a flash yeah. tattoo like that. Yeah, right off the wall. Mm. So from there, the phone rings, and it's uh, one of Marge's sisters, Patty. And um, Homer picks up, and she just has no desire to talk to Homer at all. She's just like, Marge, please, can I speak to Marge? <laughs> and every time, it's like, who, who am I asking speaking? Can I speak to Marge? It was like, why did this comes out throughout the episode? But like, why do they hate Homer so much? He's like polite every opportunity he has when he talks to them, and they just hate his guts because they thought she could do better. Yeah, he's a big Neanderthal, right? But if you break it down, Homer has a good job. He takes care of the kids. They own a house. They have two cars. I don't know. They're both single spinsters. I feel like it's just sour grapes, <laughs> right? I, maybe they're just jealous because yeah, they didn't find a Homer. Like they're doing fine. Like they're not great. It's but the married with fine. children argument. They're always uh, worried about being broke and sad and stuff like that. But they're very obviously doing okay. Yeah, but they live yeah. in a house yeah. that right now would cost you more than five hundred grand. Like you guys are fine <laughs> on a retail salary. On one retail she, salary. Um, what's it called? Oh, she she's fucking with him, but he clearly knows who it is. So he's fucking with her back. <laughs> like yeah, going on. <laughs> he's just more like being like, just talk to me like a normal human being, and I'll hand the phone off. Just be normal, please. And she just won't give him that. With her voice, yeah, there's no way he wouldn't know who it is, right? Because right. that's such an obvious voice. When uh, when Marge does get on the phone, they're talking. You can hear Marge talk about how excited the whole family is for them to come over on Christmas Eve. And you see Homer in the distance, like, look over and do, like, the gagging thing with, <laughs> when he opens his mouth. And I really like that because, you know, it's a cartoon. We didn't touch on this too much early on, but... This is a cartoon that's more rooted in realness. There's only one real example in this whole episode that we'll get to later where they do things that a normal human can't do. Like, it's all pretty much very realistic, This the way this whole show plays out. I think that's a lot of the reason the longevity of the show has gone on, because it's not all just wacky characters and eyeballs flying around. And it, it's you could have made this whole episode a live action show, and you wouldn't have had to do anything wacky to make that happen. It could have just been shot normal. No, I agree. I agree. Didn't they try and do like a live action Simpsons? Like a one-off special or uh, like a legitimate thing? They, no, yeah, maybe I I'm just it. thinking of a weird meme. Uh, but they did rebuild the house that they yeah. gave away in the, the Maggie, like a replica. I think that's still unclaimed. Interesting. Yeah, huh. there's like a whole story behind it I was reading. Not very good because I can't give you any details. But they investigated it like 10 or 20 years after, and it's different now. If you do some Googling, you can find some uh, Simpsons live action stuff where actors portrayed them, but you have to be at least 18 to watch it. <laughs> Bart, I'm stuck underneath the bed. <laughs> I just need to stop coming up every episode. Seriously. Well, that's where Patty and Selma come in, and they're smoking the whole time. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> You can still smoke in cartoons then. Yeah, so uh, now from there we, we're outside and Homer's doing the finishing touches on some Christmas lights on the roof. And uh, th I think the, all three children are watching at the time. So Homer falls from the roof and lands in some snow and uh, brushes himself off. He said, okay, kids, prepare to be dazzled. And then he, he set, gets the lights on and they're very mediocre. It's nothing special. It's, you know, he, a few strands, nothing special. It, it's fine. It's not much more than I would do for my own house. I just like that. See, I get a very Christmas vacation vibe from this whole scene. Yeah. I was just going to say, and I looked it up because Christmas vacation is by far 
one of my top movies of all time, not only Christmas movies. And they came out the same year in the same month. Wow. Seventeen oh, really? days apart. So the Simpsons so, like, is the seventeen days Adam's later. Or, so like I don't think you can as another Simpsons joke, but, like they don't animate in real time anymore. It's it's terribly hard on the animators' hands. Like they must have just <laughs> concurrently been doing this, which is pretty funny. But I guess it's a trope, right? Like the dumb dad trying to do the lights falls off the roof. It just happens so happens that Clark Griswold and Homer Simpson are both so funny at doing it, you know. Berg, didn't you literally fall down doing Christmas lights like, like recently? Yeah, last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't fall off a roof, but I fucking I fucking my shoulder and side. You said that, and I was gonna do the front of our house, and instead I did the back porch and then the inside of the living room. <laughs> I was like, maybe next year we'll get a. Mm. That wasn't from hanging though. My fall was like I was looking while I was walking to see if something was crooked, and I tripped on like the little rug thing, and I went to catch myself, forgetting that there was decorations on the flower bed. So I like jumped on the flower bed and wrapped my legs, and I just fell like. like what I wouldn't do for that down. video. Do you not have a ring at your house or something that we could have uh, taken the video from? I do, and it would have caught it, but I have it in the house right now because I was changing a battery. <sighs> Conveniently. If that was the case, we wouldn't even have to do an episode this Christmas season. We just do that on a loop with Merry Christmas, everybody. And all set. Berg, didn't you also get stuck on your roof doing Halloween yeah, two, decorations? Two years. No, it was Christmas two years ago. I, I, I put the ladder too steep, and I, I was up there because I was trying to put this inflatable Santa on the roof. A, wouldn't work because I couldn't have like made it like stay because I can't put stakes in the ground. I mean, in the roof. So I went to go climb. And I was petrified to get back on the ladder because it was basically straight up. I think I had Nick coach me into like putting the ladder way more down, and then I had to climb down slowly. It's a little breezy by your house too. You're right in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that I, Santa I was going to stay that one at all. Through. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a little uh, competition with Homer's lights because we pan over and that's when we see the neighbor's house and that's where we first meet Ned Flanders, who is also outside with his son and uh, they're getting ready to plug their lights in for the first time. And then when he does, his are extravagant, like a million times better than what Homer did. But he still does like, do you think this looks okay? And do you think, do you think in this moment he's being genuine or... Like, is he doing it to be braggadocious when he says, do you think this looks okay? I'm glad you asked that, because I had that thought where I was like, you know, we watch a we watch a lot of pilot episodes of TV shows. It's sort of our bread and butter, you know, if you want to go that way. Um, and people change so much from the pilot to other episodes. And there's this scene, and there's a different scene with Ned later where they, like, knock over the presents, where you're like, think Ned's being, like, a total dickhead here. And the character's yeah. totally different as what he becomes. So I think you're like right. This is before Flanders was Flanderized, you know, that's where the, the term came from. But I feel like what you know about, like at this stage, we don't know anything about him. So we can you only, know nothing, ass yeah, we can nothing only assume that he's just being a dick. Like, right. He's just a neighbor with kids yeah. and better lights. You have no idea about like what that character will be or the religious stuff or his giant hog. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid, sexy Flanders. <laughs> Nothing at all. And then, um, so now we're back inside and Marge says he's going to go Christmas shop and ask the kids if they want to come. So they get excited and run off to go get their money. And that's when Homer asks Marge where um, the Christmas money is. And she, she's like, oh, I have my secrets. Tells him to turn around and she pulls it out of her hair. I, we're, we're doing a lot of this, I think, assuming that everyone knows what the Simpsons look like. I'd be very surprised to think that anyone listening to this has never even at least seen a picture. But if you don't know, Marge has very, very tall blue hair that's maybe about, if she's five feet and change, is probably at least two feet off of her head. So uh, she pulls this giant jar of money out of her hair. And <laughs> when I was talking earlier, this is the only time I think something in this episode wasn't realistic that you could film on a normal live action show. This was like the only example of it, was her pulling the jar out of her hair. I'm sorry, I was going to say, if Evka's had though, because if she did, you'd get the classic, ooh. 
<laughs> I'm so used to watching sitcoms all the time now that like I'm missing the real person laugh track and the like feud. Like she hides the money, or everyone goes, "Oh, what you put the back in?" <laughs> yeah. So uh, after that, uh, we see all of them sans Homer at the mall. And the girls kind of run off, and they're in one place, and Bart uses this opportunity of being alone. Uh, he catches this tattoo parlor, and he looks in the window, and he sees this flash tattoo of just, like, the typical heart that says mother on it. And he just has this, like, fantasy of his mom seeing it and being so taken back and flattered by it. And uh, so he, what did she say to him? It was, uh, oh, Bart, that's so sweet. It's the, it's the best present a mother could get, and it makes you look so dangerous. Like, any mother would be so excited for your <laughs> eight-year-old son or nine-year-old son to get get a tattoo on his arm buy him leather jacket motorcycle and when he runs in the tattoo uh parlor he goes oh one mother please and <laughs> that's another one of my good laughs in this wait a minute how old are you and he's like 21 sir get in the chair <laughs> i like that he didn't even bother checking id didn't even care i know meanwhile thinking like i was like still in my 20s and i mean even now you still have to like I mean, regulations have probably changed quite a bit from 1989 to 2021, but even now you still have to show IDs as like 30-something-year-old men to get a tattoo. Like, you can't just walk in and be like, one of these, please, and they just start inking you up. Yeah, the legality has changed a lot on that. 80s. <laughs> yeah. And from there, we cut to um, the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant, where uh, Homer works. So we hear a voice over the loudspeaker who essentially is just announcing that uh, the boss is about to go on and make his own announcement. So it's like he needs he needs someone to present him like that. That was uh, his only man. role. Yeah. yeah he, he, Smith is his hype man. For the work intercom system. <laughs> like, I, I can't go on dry. You got to warm the crowd up a little bit. <laughs> I was going to say, did you notice when Home is checking all the things? He walks by one and it switches as he's passing it to danger. Like, Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, I didn't notice it's either. Like, yeah. It's like the third or fourth one. They're all like safe, safe, safe. And he checks and walks by and then it switches to danger or meltdown or something like that. And then he, he just continues on. No repercussions, though. <laughs> and like that, the Eastern Not Seaboard that day. didn't melt. <laughs> and that's when uh, we meet Mr. Burns, the boss, and he's over the loudspeaker going, hello, I'm proud to announce that we've been able to increase safety here at the plant without in increasing the cost to our consumer or affecting management pay raises. However... For all you semi-skilled workers, there will be no Christmas bonuses. Oh, and one more thing. Merry Christmas. So uh, they did some tinkering with their system, but don't worry. It's not going to affect their bonuses. But um, but the rest of you guys, not so much. Why would you tell them that? Really sets up how shitty of a boss he is, though. And he's got the fun office with the giant, like, bear in the corner, you know? Or, like, the giant, um, I forget what you call that. You know, you've got fine leather, but it's, like, studded in. You know what I mean? No. Like seats that fine are like leather that's studded. Nope. Don't, I have no idea. Oh, oh I know what you're talking Like, finely upholstered. Yeah, it like has like the divots okay. in it that are like studded. Oh, okay, yeah, like okay, I get what you said. Brass divots. Yeah, that, that where it's like you... clearly right. crazy expensive furniture. He's Thank not you. Gordo. Sitting on like a studded vest. Yeah, no, yeah. You're not like picture the chair that's in Rob Halford's house. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I was gonna say too. He does have a really nice vest later on. <laughs> in the, um... I really like the vest. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, upon hearing this, Homer's just thinking, oh, well, thank God for that big jar. And then we go back to the mall where Marge hears Bart yelling coming from like where the tattoo parlor is. So she runs in and she sees this mother tattoo that he's getting, which is almost done, but not quite yet. So it just says moth right now. And I just in that moment, I was just thinking, how many Simpsons fans do you think have that moth tattoo? I have the same. It, it's got to be so many. I was thinking of that too. Thinking of getting that or get? Or no, if there was a Simpsons tattoo, I would get. It would moth. not be that. You would get. Would it be fort. moth? Fort. I don't know. I might also get gay for mole man or merry or happy mole man to you. But no one's gay for mole man. <laughs> 
That is a good question, though. None of us have Simpsons tattoos, and for the majority of us who do, I do find that kind of surprising. For years, I wanted to get the dignity, but then that sort of got like so many people got it, I didn't want to anymore. What about, um, you know, this was Bart's first tattoo, essentially. So, what about your first tattoos? What's the first thing you ever got? Uh, instead of the word moth, it was the word pop. Oh, right. I remember that one. Oh, my God. They spelled wrist. poop wrong. They spelled poop wrong. <laughs> I got this uh, Celtic. I got this Celtic cross for my father. This one that completely out of place on my arm. And then I, uh, my first one's on my leg. It's um, it's an animal skull that was like uh, made into like a single like monochromatic that I I put on a t-shirt when we were in high school. And uh, when I got that one, I was nineteen, I believe, and I was on vacation. And what I called my mom. First? Yeah, really. Okay. And I I called my mom who does not like tattoos at all. And I left her a voice message while she was at work just to be like, hey, mom, I uh, got a tattoo. Just wanted to let you know. And she left me a voice message back that was like, I, if, if I had only saved it, like you, it was not a call from my mom. It was a call from Satan who was ready to murder me the second I got back into Massachusetts. My mom was not happy with my first tattoo either, but it was nowhere near the tirade that I heard your mom give you over that tattoo for like three straight months. Yeah, she was not happy <laughs> at all. And it was on my leg, and I'm I'm one of those uh, typical fat guys who wears shorts all year long. And uh, it, was, it was in the summertime, and it must have been like three months later. I'm just in the kitchen one day, and I just hear her go, oh, that looks awful. I'm like, what looks awful? She's like, your tattoo. I'm like, I've had it for months. I was like, it's exposed at all times. How have you not seen it until just now? But she literally trained herself to like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. It's not real until you see it. Oh, she wanted you to know she still hates it. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> just wanted to bring it up again. <laughs> I remember dating a girl when I had my first tattoo. I would have been 18. So what is this? 2003, maybe? 2004? That neighborhood yeah, right, yeah. And uh, her dad called me trash for having a tattoo. And I was like, whoa, people still think that way. Like, you know, your brain like didn't comprehend that. And especially now, like everyone has t- tattoos. But like, it wasn't even that prevalent, but it was pretty acceptable in 2003 yeah. or four. Good luck getting a job. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Nick. It's on your wrist. Your shirt won't cover it. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, now people have like, they look like detention desks with like shit all over their face and stuff now that's one thing i won't do i won't do the face yeah i'm gonna keep my face uh my face hands and neck i think i'm gonna stay blank i, I got one on my i got two on my hands. i think my hands are gonna stay blank the hands i don't mind so much i mean i don't mind any of them obviously i love tattoos i don't care if anybody has any of them but i don't think i could do face just because no especially as a glasses wearer you're really creating a visual issue mm. yeah i mean everyone can do what they want i've seen people that have tattoos literally everywhere humanly imaginable at this point i feel for me the face is just there's gonna be moments i don't want a tattoo on my face visible and there's just no way around that <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't want to put on makeup. Because then there's the times where you're just always the guy that people are looking at because you have tattoos on your face. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, so... Yeah. What about the head, though? Like, Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam! Yeah, bam. I mean, as, until... As long as my hair keeps growing out, I guess you have the choice to cover it, it you know, whenever you want. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Marge immediately takes Bart to a tattoo removal clinic uh, as soon as she sees it. The doctor's like, oh, it's just a simple routine involving lasers. So Bart's excited. Like, he's not even worried about it. But then he says, however, it is rather expensive, and we insist on cash payment up front. And <laughs> Marge's like, cash? And even to look back, the idea of anyone being like, we require cash up front. Like, you don't take credit or anything. Like, you have to hand them a stack of money even in, even for the late 80s that was a little odd yeah now you'd be like that's so sketchy i'm out of here yeah but i guess it works for the yeah. story you guys think marge was selfish at that point like that could have waited she used the family's christmas money with no i wouldn't guarantees. say it was selfish no i don't think it could have waited because if bart is what eight in Ten. this or yeah. he's in fourth grade 
I think Lisa's eight. Okay, so Bart's 10. He goes to school with the tattoo. That's like instant CPS calling on him. Yeah, it's not a good look for your parents. That's child abuse. (laughs) Middle of the summer, he's wearing long sleeves and sweating. Someone sees his moth tattoo (laughs) so that they can buy Christmas gifts. I love that. But now the whole family suffers because she spent the Christmas money. I agree with you. I'd say Christmas is more important. I know she thinks more money's coming like from homeless thing but that's not guaranteed and you don't know the amount but she took the whole family's money it's a nice little callback too from like when he's like oh well at least we have the jar of money and now she's like oh at least there's homeless christmas bonus <laughs> funny that that that's also like um what's it called that's also like christmas vacation with the jam of the month thing clark didn't get his bonus that's true it's so it's weird that these things now. happen at the same time yeah because i think joe if you had not looked it up already and we didn't know that they were literally happening at the same time we would we would wonder who took from who in this in the situation because they're so iconic now yeah yeah, Gordo would have Googled it by now, though. We would have had. We would have. I would have went to both. Wikipedia. <laughs> I want to mention this too, because right before when they actually get the process going with the laser, we get a big Icarumba from uh, Bart, which ends up being one of his catchphrases. If I was to say catchphrase, he has a handful of them, but that's that becomes like a, a line that's synonymous with Bart, you know, for years to come. <laughs> and then, like one of the things too, I, I feel you can't uh, discount is in our lifetime the amount of bootleg Bart Simpson's T-shirts that were around when we were kids. Oh yeah. Or I was oh, like, yeah. don't have a cow, man. I'm at Lollapalooza. Like they were like somebody would make one for everything. They were the prizes at like carnivals. <laughs> yeah. yeah like that, it like... was a Bart Simpson or a Don't Squeeze the Juice o- OJ t shirt was a big one when we were kids too. Or oh, the Looney Tunes dressed as crisscross. <laughs> oh man. The double sided t shirt. Yep. I had one. one of those. I know Joe did too. I've I think I have a picture where Joe's wearing one too. I think like so, yeah. I, that I think I sent recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you think The Simpsons over, you know, all these years, 30 plus years, has probably made billions of dollars in revenue. But think of how much of that was like stuff that how much money was made illegally that didn't go to them. That was just all bootleg stuff over the years. Yeah, if you just type into like eBay or Etsy, like Simpsons bootleg shirt, you'll get hundreds of pages. And it's people being like, girls, soccer camp weekend. And it's like, don't kick a ball, man. Like it's just everybody <laughs> did it. It's, you cannot see them. Yeah, that's that's it. That's <laughs> the don't kick a ball, man from girls soccer camp shirt. I just figured out what my Simpsons tattoo is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> we get back home and he's got the bandage around his arm now from where he just had the tattoo removed. And it's just uh, Lisa and Maggie just poking at it constantly. And he's going, ow, quit it. Ow, quit it. Ow, quit it. And then Homer joins in because he doesn't even know what's going on. He's like, hey, what's this? And he pokes his arm. Ow, quit it. <laughs> Tells him that it used to be a real boss tattoo. Funny, this that scene is the one thing I remember from this episode along with the ending. The I'll quit it thing? I remember that, yeah. Yeah, the the whole poking and the I'll quit it, I'll quit it. I remember the pork chop scene, too. (laughs) It's hard to forget a good pork chop. Yeah, so as they're they're catching Homer up on this whole situation, this is when Lisa explains what happened and that mom had to spend all the Christmas money to have it removed. So now Homer, who now he was relying on that because he already knows he's not getting the bonus, he just completely starts to freak out and he's just screaming, we're ruined, Christmas is canceled, no presents for anybody. So if that doesn't uh, spoil the mystique of Santa to the children at that point, <laughs> but uh, March tells him to calm down, you know, he's just going to stretch out that bonus a little further and uh, he doesn't have the heart to say anything at this point. So he's like, all oh, right. Yeah. The bonus. You guys think if he didn't find that out, he was going to tell her the truth about the bonus. Probably. Mm, probably. Yeah. Cause he still would have gotten away with it. He probably would have used it as a complaining thing like vacation to be like, my boss is a jerk. He didn't pay like fuck him. Yeah. 
But like, it's one of those, I guess for him, it's, he's so hesitant to tell the family throughout the episode, but it's really not, it wasn't a performance-based bonus. It wasn't like it was his fault. It's not like he could have done anything to change the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I didn't understand why he didn't tell her. And I, I know he just didn't want her to worry, but at the time while watching, I was like, just tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, because she felt like something was wrong. They were outside at one point. He had his whole, he had the opening when they were in bed. And he didn't say anything. Yeah. When she was like, you know, I have a feeling there's something you haven't told me. He's like, oh, uh, I love you. <laughs> She's like, you tell me that all the time, which is very sweet to know that he still tells her that he loves her all the time. Yeah. They really do have a kind of sweet relationship in this episode and they kind of go into it a few different times, which again, like the show changes from the pilot to other things. Right. But Homer's never not sweet to Marge, but he seems like more of a softy in this than later on yeah she's suspecting that maybe it was bonus related she she specifically mentions it and then he just pivots and he just says no i just i wanted to do the christmas shopping this year that that's why i've been acting weird she's like um sure okay go ahead so now uh, the next day homer's doing his christmas shopping at the dollar store and like he's kind of in good spirits because he thinks he just found the hack to fix all this right he finds a 4.99 multi-pack of pantyhose (laughs) he's like ooh, and then uh pads of paper for Bart, because he's like, oh, Bart can do a million things with these. I love how excited he is for the multi-pack of the pantyhose. He's like, finds her pantyhose, and he's like, ooh, pantyhose. He says something like sexy and sleek. This is the multi-pack, yeah. and he's like, oh, man. And then he finds the little squeak toy for uh, for Maggie. The book job. So, uh, yeah, so Homer purchases all this stuff, and as he's on his way out the door, he bumps into his neighbor, Ned, again, and everything goes all over the floor. And it's one of those, you know, we are talking about this earlier. It's Ned's being kind of a dick, right? So they're picking up. He's like, oh, we'll just have to remember who bought what. He's like, this is mine, and this is mine, and this is mine, and this is mine. He's been real stupid, sexy Flanders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing at all. Thing at all, thing at all. Your pork chop, Mister. Hey, Homer. <laughs> I can see your doodle. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't know if he's being a dick at that point. To be honest with you, though, um, I do think earlier, yes, but that collision happened, and I think he realized as he's picking up his stuff that they're all his. I don't think that current time he couldn't have seen who had what. It's kind of like one's upmanship, like both times. So that's the only reason reason I would think so, because it's kind of the same theme as earlier. No, it's it, it's similar. Like he he's doing better, but I don't think at that point he's saying like I don't think he realized Homer didn't have anything. I think they collided and all Maybe. the presents were everywhere. Maybe I'm just giving Flanders the benefit of the doubt. Now we cut to Homer at the bar because he's upset. He's at Moe's Tavern and um he's having like kind of typical conversation that you would have with a bartender at like on any sitcom, just kind of like, tell me your problems type stuff. But I was wondering, right, if you're this broke where you're penny-pinching to the dime, like, why are you at the bar? I never understand in TV shows if people are just like, that, Yeah, so everything broke. they do that, yeah. Yeah, um, then they go to a bar. Like That's not helpful. It's 1989. What does a 12-pack of, like, any domestic beer cost? $3? Yeah. You know, like, I know he can't drink at home, but, like, I don't know. He's got to have, he has a garage. Listen, that lets him drink and get free therapy by talking to the bartender, all right? When you're, when you're down to the, when you're down to the point where you're you're like counting every penny to try to make Christmas work, though, even if like a bottle of beer at the bar is two bucks, it's two bucks you shouldn't be spending, right? Maybe he has a tab. Possible. That's a good call for. I never thought of that. He probably has a tab there, but Mo also seems like the kind of guy who wants to collect on that tab pretty quickly. You don't know that yeah. at this point. No, I'm saying from this true encounter, not from like not from kid presentable Mo, but like from. But even Mo, even Mo points out he's been there all that time and he's only sipped one beer. Yeah, he's milking oh. it. He's just trying to avoid going home, I guess. But yeah, that's when um Barney walks in. Barney's a friend of Homer's and another typical like 
uh, patron of the bar, and uh, he's in a Santa suit, and he's all excited and offers to buy a round of drinks for everyone because he has some extra money because he's working at the mall as a Santa Claus. Contradicts what we find out later. I was just going to say, like, you, you find out later what, what he's, he's not even paid yet. Yep. Yeah, but around at the bar, if bars are like, if a beer at the bar is like two bucks and there's only a few people there, you can, you can make it work. Yeah, but he says he has extra money from that job, and but they tell Homer when he works there that you don't get paid to the end. So he doesn't have that extra money at that point. If we're going to really dissect, I guess, I suppose. We, it's also very known that Barney, even from when you first meet him, just walked into the bar and is clearly already drunk. So <laughs> you can't go by too much logic because he's drunk 24-7. Yeah, you would call Barney an alcoholic character. He burps after everything he says. He's like an uncouth right. drunk. True. This is when Homer's trying to find out if this is something that he could potentially apply for as well, because he obviously needs the extra money. And Barney's like, I don't know, they're pretty selective. And again, that's like how you just said, he, he burps immediately after that. <laughs> and from there, we see Homer at the mall trying to apply for this. And the first question that he's asked is, do you like children? And he's like, what do you mean? Like all the time, even when they're nuts. And then I think he catches himself and realizes what he's saying. And he kind of gives a more typical answer, the job interview type of answer to get this there's also like a you get homer is kind of like a, a scamp right like even when they're nuts like it's not it's not the homer you think of right like everything's a little turned down for sure for sure but he does get a spot in the santa training course and they're uh they're going through like kind of like a basic training of mall santas and they're doing different exercises like practicing their ho ho hoing and standing up and having to name all the reindeer from what i understand that's a real thing well i'm sure there's like a degree of that because isn't that what uh, Mick Foley did? He went to like Santa school to like be like a professional Santa and all that. I'm sure stuff. depending like on the gig. School. Yeah. I'm sure there are more upscale gigs than others where like you have to, some probably require more training depending on if it's like a really nice, like a mall gig somewhere fancier yeah. corporate events. Like I'm sure the guy who gets the Macy's parade job isn't just like a dude who just happened to have a white beard who like a, signed up online. No, but that dude has a real beard for sure. That's not a fake beard in the Macy's. Gig. Oh, right, right. Miracle on 34th Street. And I like the, <laughs> I like the uh, the the other training exercise where the, the guy who is the trainer actually sits on Homer's lap and he calls him Tubby. <laughs> You're not really Santa, Tubby. <laughs> and Homer Homer's about to lose it, and he's like, No, 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 no. Hey, he's gonna do his signature choke. <laughs> right. And then when uh, later that night, when Homer finally does get home, like Marge is like wondering where he's been. He's like, Homer, why are you seven hours late? And I'm like, Seven hours late. Like, what time did he get home? Like. <laughs> If you figure if he's doing like a nine to five or is it a weekend, maybe he's probably good. Yeah, he probably got home at midnight. But like the kids are up and everything. This is where you get that weird vibe of Patty and Selma, though, too, where she says he's going to come home smelling like cheap perfume. So they assume Homer's out there cheating on her. Not that he's out getting drunk. Yeah, you can, I mean, they, they're not mutually exclusive. He could be out getting drunk and cheating on her but. and then cheating. Yeah. Funny that um, that's them giving him credit, though, that he has the ability to cheat on. <laughs> right. Which I think goes to our thing where like they're not so against him. He can clearly. Yeah all coming together now <laughs> and homer's like trying to make nice conversation with them too like he's he's trying to be civil when he walks in i love his reaction though when he tries to go up the stairs he goes come say hi to my sisters and he's just like, ah. i love that when he did like the quivering that was like <laughs> that was so real to me as far as like when we talk about like a sitcom like a standard sitcom or versus a cartoon show like this is something that yeah that like that quivering just like it was that nice little detail because they're even getting on him for like the lack of christmas decorations inside the house saying that you know you didn't basically you didn't do enough the only i guess valid point on it was when they called him out for not having a christmas tree and that's he's like well i'm actually going to get one right now because i guess at this point you probably should have a christmas tree up if you're only a few days out from christmas so if you're gonna decorate do you guys have your christmas trees up yep 
Yeah. yeah. And I it's not this. I was going to say, the way you announced it, I knew you didn't have one up. <laughs> Cause, cause, we're putting cause it up about, this weekend. You were about to be like, none of us have them out, right? Well, there is I used to wait a long time. of putting up on Christmas Eve, though. Some people go get them on Christmas Eve and then put them up, which seems insane to me because Slim Pickens, if it's a fake tree, they probably have it up all December. But real trees, because they die, you have to wait until closer to Christmas. I will say, in my lifetime, um, I'm, a, I'm a fake tree guy. Me too. I know that can be me controversial, too. but... So I've only had a few Christmas trees in my whole life. <laughs> and uh, the goal, you know, life gets in the way, but the goal is immediately after Thanksgiving to start setting stuff up. Yeah, the perfect. We are, I'm a real tree person and we yeah. had ours up two weeks ago, I think. So we started pretty much right after December 1st. What's like a realistic, I've never had a real tree in my life. What's like a realistic time frame that you might get out of a tree once you chop that thing down and put it in your home? You got like three weeks. Okay. What is it, Joe? Is it a Douglas fern? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys a couple of years ago. So I was at band practice, right? And so you take your tree out in the city. When you're done with it, you leave it on the sidewalk. You know, the tree town comes and gets it or whatever, right? So I'm at band practice. Kelsey's home. Or we put our tree out that day. And it was one of the really weird warm summers. So there's no snow or anything around. Somebody must have flicked a cigarette from a car as they drove by. And our tree on the sidewalk just like... <laughs> engulfed and was like so on fire that the fire department came so the cops came so kelsey hears like a ruckus and like fire trucks and stuff and she puts her head out the window to be like what's going on and then the cops started yelling at her thinking that she was smoking out the window and lit the tree on fire and they got in, like a giant screen match like why would i light my own tree on fire i was like uh i can't be here for this right now what's happening and that is why you wait till closer to christmas because they dry up and catch no, that's on why fire. you set it on fire in the house to hide it from the cops outside yeah, what could That's go wrong? True. Don't smoke out the window. Smoke in the living room. Growing up, my dad's uh, uh, my dad's aunt's apartment in Brooklyn had an electric train set, and it threw a spark and burnt the entire house down in like forty minutes. <laughs> wow! Damn. Yeah, wow. destroyed it. Yeah, crazy. Electricity is terrifying, and so we're having dry trees in your house. I don't know what we do <laughs> yeah, as people. But... So my dad was always against real trees. Fuck that. We're gonna fail. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm petrified of fire to begin with. I won't burn candles. I won't do any of that. I think it would be weirder for you or anybody to not be afraid of fire. <laughs> I think anybody's yeah. like, oh, cool. I want to touch this. Yeah. Actually, I think we talked a few weeks ago about how much we did like to play with fire when we were kids. Well, I mean, so. I like to look at, I'd like to look at fire. I mean, that's, you know, visually it's appealing, but, uh, you know, to be close to it is still scary. Yeah. But I mean, if it's outside, it's not a big deal. But if it's inside my house, I don't know why. I just always, always have been freaked out by that. And like the, the real tree with the lights on it just doesn't do it for me. We have a gas fireplace in our living room and it throws like a real flame. And whenever it's on, it's great, right? It's very pretty and it's warm. And then I spend the entire night though being like, like out of the corner of my eye, just like waiting for like a flame to lick out of it. And like, but also like, what would I do? Like there's yeah. nothing you can do at that <laughs> point, right? Find some wood to knock on. So Homer now leaves the house because he's on a, the pursuit to get a Christmas tree and you get the shot of him like driving down and you're seeing like all the prices what it costs to get these trees so i think the first lot was like 75 dollars and then a 60 dollar lot and then there was like slightly deformed trees which were still like i, I can't remember offhand i think it was like 45 dollars 45 yeah and then he finally just goes into like a private like <laughs> part of the woods and just, just legit just cuts down a tree from somebody's like backyard <laughs> and runs off much like clark griswold yeah, and you have like two hounds like running after him, like barking at him, about to attack for this uh, three uh, tree theft. And those dogs were barking bees that they were chewing in their mouths too, which made it even more dangerous. Uh, Joe, how much is a real Christmas tree these days? I think ours was like seventy. Well, up there he like barters for like old boots and shovels and stuff, and then they give him a tree. <laughs> yeah, I just went down from here. Down I that tree right now. there. <laughs> went down to the electricity farm. 
Yeah, they, they, there is a surplus because Joe did move into the woods. So m- maybe right, they're, they're all around. <laughs> I paid seventy dollars, but I paid that to a moose, so <laughs> it doesn't really count. I'm gonna cut down a tree in your yard, Joe. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, Chris and Miss Avas, good for me. <laughs> So then when Homer gets home, yeah, he, uh, he brings the tree in. And I like, uh, this is the one time when, you know, Patty and Selma are getting at him because they're like, why does it smell like gunpowder? And then why is there a birdhouse in it? Which, uh, the, you know, the gunpowder, I guess you can make <laughs> excuses it's for the ornament. birdhouse is tougher. Yeah. Which if then the bird came out of it and caused a ruckus out of the tree, that'd be way too close to Griswold. Christmas vacation. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Squirrel. Squirrels. <laughs> That's my favorite part of that whole movie, by the way. The Squirrel. Blessing. After that, we get to uh, the first scene of the mall where we see Homer as Santa, and the first kid who's on his lap is just asking for like a ton of stuff, and Homer's trying to, I don't know if he's trying to make it easier for those parents, but he's like, you know, is it more important to just have like a loving father or something, and uh, right before they take the picture, he's he's hungry, so he just goes to take a bite of the kid's donut, so that you get the little snapshot of him eating this kid's donut right out of his hand, which, like, can you imagine in real life if somebody did that? <laughs> they do a good little gag with the snapshot, the Polaroid snaps. Yeah. I was just gonna say, like, that's like the weirdest candy or weirdest food to be walking around with. Like, it's the mall. Like, you'd expect a kid to have a hot dog, maybe, or like Panda Express, a piece of delicious Savaro, maybe. That would be a pretzel, man. Mall pretzel makes way more sense than a donut. Yes. Yeah. For something like yeah. that uh, at the mall, the, the pretzel would, would definitely be more of the, that's more of the default snack of the mall. And then uh, we see Bart and a couple of his friends are kind of on the second floor watching down at the, the Christmas area. And uh, Milhouse is a, fr- what is it? There's first is Bart uh, dares Milhouse to sit on his lap. And then Milhouse responds by daring Bart to go and pull the Santa's beard off. Cause they don't know that it's Santa. Yeah. This po- uh, they don't know that Santa is Homer Ooh. at this point. So we cut back down to Santa and it's uh there's a girl sitting on his lap and she goes like, Oh, I hope you feel better, Santa. And Homer's like, Oh, I will. When Mrs. Claus's sisters get out of town, thanks for listening. Like, so now he's just using like this time is just an opportunity to, <laughs> To just have some free therapy by telling the children at the mall, like, all of his woes. Yeah, the little girl was his mo stand-in for that scenario. Right. So now it's finally Bart's turn, and Bart gets on his lap. And, uh, hey, Santa, what's shaking, man? And then uh, he's like, what's your name, Bart? Nur? Uh, little Bartner? He's like, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? That's another... Like, it's funny that these are both in the pilot episode, like the Icaramba, but these are yeah, like right away. Bart Simpson, like classic lines, the I'm Bart Simpson, who the hell are you thing. <laughs> and that's when he goes to pull the beard off and, you know, he realizes that it's his dad. So Homer brings him t- into the back area and he tells Bart that nobody knows about this and that he didn't get a next Christmas bonus this year. And in the moment, I'm like, you just saw live and in person without him knowing that it was you, that your child is fucking terrible. And all you're doing is using this as the opportunity to vent to him that you didn't get your Christmas bonus and that nobody knows about the secret. Well, he did it to the bartender. He did it to a stranger and I was doing it to his son. Yeah. Also, his terrible son could <laughs> reveal his secret to everybody else. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. But you think that there'd be more repercussions to seeing that his son is a gigantic piece of shit and was trying to expose Santa in front of all these other children. <laughs> yeah. I do love when he says he like understands it though, and he's like, "You must really love us to have sunk so low," which I feel like yeah. is such a, like a sweet, endearing thing. And like, I don't know, Ferg, you are a parent; we are not. I imagine that seems like a good like a uh, parallel for like parenting, right? Like, you do whatever and just yeah. eat the shit. You do what you can. And then at the end of the shift, he still has Bart with him, so he's going to collect his check. And that's when he realizes that after everything that's taken out of the check, he's only going to get thirteen dollars. He thought he was getting one hundred and fifty bucks, and he only got thirteen dollars. 
and that's with like I guess he has to pay for the suit, the training, like uh, all these, the unemployment insurance, all these things that w- came out of the check. I mean, taxes, taxes suck to to this day. But I, I don't know, thirteen from one fifty is pretty brutal. That's that's gonna be the courses and the and the Santa suit fees. That that's gonna take a giant chunk out. Yeah, that's rough. They really hosed them on that one. I'm gonna say it's it, it it's because of all the fees, like the social security, the taxes. That is what it is. It's you know taxes, but the fees, the training, all that other it's stuff that rental. shouldn't be. Yeah, that all shouldn't be taken out of your paycheck. Meanwhile, his friend Barney, who is the one who told him about all this to begin with, is stoked. He's like, "Yeah, thirteen bucks." He's <laughs> thirteen big ones. He's gonna go to Springfield Downs, which is the local dog track, because he's uh, he's got like a ten to one sure thing called a uh, whirlwind. So he's trying to get Homer to uh, come down the track. He's like, "I can't bring my son down to the dog track." But, uh, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, so he does eventually go down there with him. Have, um, any of you guys been? We, we don't live far from a dog track. It's no, it's no longer operable as a dog track, but we, we lived minutes away from one. Did you guys ever go to a dog track? I did. I went once before it closed. Just the horses. I never watched the dog. The dogs were, and we had a family friend that uh, worked there, so I went in and visited him. Had to be, actually, there wasn't any dog anymore because they had outlawed it was in it massachusetts but the what was it? wonderland didn't actually close for like another couple of years yes yeah, right so we went i i could have sworn one of you guys was with me that we went in and we got to go down where the dogs were like on the track itself they were letting people in and walking around down there. i feel like it may have been me because i worked across the street because i worked at that staples and i remember going in there a couple times but it was before i could have gotten a beer so i don't think so it was like right when we turned 21 i want to say i don't know i went there i must have gone there younger when it's across the street and i was like oh i'll walk in there and they were like I mean, nobody carded me or anything i felt like 17 i've been in there once or twice but I don't know why I had been there, but I can I can say with certainty that I had never seen a dog race at the dog track. Like I'd been yeah. in the building for reasons, yeah, but I, I don't remember. Yeah, I never physically watched one. And now the dog track and the horse track are both gone. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? They say it's gone, but I keep seeing things for those races to stay. There's races here. And it's like they keep finding reasons to have races there since they closed it's so. a it's officially done now the uh the the horse track is now they've officially got rid of the stables and everything so they've had their final for real this time but yeah we'll move on because i don't know I, I don't know how many people will be interested in us talking about the local horse track for Regional too often horse but, racing. <laughs> yeah but then yeah so that's when now they're inside the track and and homer's trying to ask barney which one's whirlwind he's like oh it's uh number six that's our lucky dog right over there he's won his last five races he's like that's that's granny bag of bones you know, that's kind of like those dogs. Greyhounds are fairly thin in general, though, right? Like none of them look that beefy. Ferg, your dad had greyhounds for years, right? Yep. Yeah, he had two of them, and yeah, they were exactly like that. Then this is the that's just their build. Yeah, they're built for racing. And yes, so I guess Homer wasn't impressed with this dog. <laughs> Homer wasn't impressed with the dog enough to want to put his money on it now. But uh, then he finds out over the PA system that uh, one of the dogs got scratched from the race, so now uh, in its place is another. Greyhound that's going to be called uh, Santa's Little Helper. So to them, that this is like, this is the omen, right? Like, oh yeah, forget Whirlwind. Like, we have to put money on Santa's Little Helper because this is like the Christmas miracle that we need. But but he's uh, a 99 to 1 odds. So like, basically they're saying that it is impossible. There is no chance in hell that this dog's going to win. If you get 99 to 1 odds on anything, you should probably put a dollar or two down, I guess, just, just for the yeah, hell of it. just to be but, safe. Like if John Cougar Mellencamp ever wins an Oscar, I'll be a very rich Exactly. <laughs> Homer's like, wow, 99 times 13 equals Merry Christmas, but 99 times 13 actually equals $1,287. 
I knew it. I didn't do the math because I was like, I guarantee Jay has the equation written out and will tell us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that one that one seemed like a no-brainer. But did we have to ask our inflation guy here, what is that in today's money? What was the Ooh, money again? Yeah. $1,287.1989. Because I feel like that is going to be a very Merry Christmas if you account for inflation. Oh, and yeah, that's, a, that's a real payday then. I mean, twelve hundred is a Merry Christmas. You're just getting yeah. I mean, twelve hundred is a Merry Christmas in today's. Yeah, time. that's what I mean. But if you're only buying for a couple of kids in elementary school, like it's it, you know. Well, now I guess it's hard too when they want all digiri digital dues and didigeridoos. Digeridoos? What? What are these Australian kids? Is that right? It's about three. Is it grand. Australia? Three grand? About three grand? Yeah. You can make it that three grand. A thousand dollars in 1989 was twenty two fifty. So do the math on it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So see, that is a Merry Christmas, especially considering that there wasn't like crazy consoles like there are like the PS5 or like the new Xbox. You kidding me? They had the Nintendo. But Nintendo was expensive too then. Too. Yeah. It wasn't like Nintendo was cheap just because it was old. Nintendo was still really expensive in 89. I thought it was relatively less I think it was still a few hundred I think it was affordable. It was released for eighty nine ninety nine with no game, ninety nine ninety nine with the Mario Super Mario Brothers cartridge. So it was still about, yeah. With inflation about two fifty. Oh, okay. which I mean, it's reasonable compared to what a PS Seven or whatever is now. You know. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's five, and you know that. He he definitely did not know that. I don't. I thought it was. I'm not knocking that. I like PlayStation. That's the. I mean, I have a PS Two still. I enjoy PlayStation. I'm trying to get it to work so I can play Grand Theft Auto Vice City. <laughs> also, the greatest moment in video game history was that Call of Duty game where you get to play a uh, storming the beach at Normandy. Oh, that wasn't Call of Duty. That was Medal of Honor. Which ended up turning into Call of Duty, I think. Oh, okay. But that's a, that was a great game. Anyways, uh, back in the house, we see Patty and Selma, and they're still talking just relentless amounts of shit about Homer still. And this is when Lisa gets into the thing we were talking about earlier, about how this is going to damage her <laughs> like later in life. Yeah, she basically just says, any shot at him as, as my father Milk. figure, as a shot yeah. at me. So stop. Without yeah. so many words. <laughs> in, in a more eloquent way than Ferg just put it. I yeah, but basically, the whole yeah. thing just like Jaden want to exactly. No, I'm down. just saying it's a, it's in a way. <laughs> but now we're more... discussing it. It's longer than the quote would have been. <laughs> but yeah, it's the idea is that you know this is my model of what a man is, and you are you are trash talking him, which is going to change my perception of of what an ideal man is supposed to be. So that you're uh you know your slighted him is effect essentially affecting me. And then Patty's response is just like, uh, go watch a cartoon show. <laughs> The happy little elf. So now we get back to the track, and it's the it's time for the fourth race. And Homer and Bart both kiss the ticket for good luck because that's what people do sometimes for good luck. You know, anything, any type of little superstitious thing that you might have. Blow on the dice type of thing. Right, exactly. So if, you, if any of you who've been to a dog track or a horse track, do you have anything that you do, like kissing a ticket or anything like that, superstition, superstitious things? I blow kisses at Cigar's uniform before. <laughs> cigar! <laughs> I don't know why it's so weird that a that a young boy can't have a favorite uh, racehorse. I mean, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't possibly be the only one, but it was funny then. It's funnier now. <laughs> no, I mean I don't think I have that kind of thing. I mean I I definitely can be superstitious at times, but I don't have a like a go to thing. Okay, that I do every time I walk in somewhere or anything like that. I'm only a little stitious, so. <laughs> You're the worst. That's a Michael <laughs> Scott joke? Yeah. Yes. 
I know. When I when I would pick my horses, I would always just be who has the funnier name. I didn't look at odds. I didn't know anything about it. The few times we went, I'm like, I'm oh, with that's you, a funny right? name. Bid. Don't bet a ton of money and have fun with it, because then it's actually yeah. really fun, right? If you're like, oh, I don't know, ditch digger in the second, like it doesn't matter if you make you laugh, just go for it. I remember it was one I I picked and it won, but I it was like Uncle Jesse. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> five dollars on Spooky Dookie, please. <laughs> <laughs> Well, imagine his glue would be very sticky. (laughs) (laughs) His glue smells like shit. (laughs) But yeah, as the race begins, um, you know, you see the horse, uh, I'm sorry, not the horse, the dog's running around right off the bat. Like, you know, Santa's little helper is not going to win. There's no suspense there. This dog isn't dead last from the very beginning of the race. Towards the end, come to find out the winner of the race is Whirlwind, the one that they were told to bet on from the very beginning. So their $13 could have easily become $130, but he didn't listen, and they went with the Christmas miracle and uh, failed miserably. Correct? But no duck hunt. <laughs> he could have bought uh, Lee Carvalho's uh, putting challenge. <laughs> <laughs> or Gordo's new remake that he keeps trying to tell us about. <laughs> and Bart's, uh, Bart's in shock because he's like, no, that's not how this works. Like, TV has betrayed me. And uh, Homer wants to just wait it out until the dog finishes. And after a good amount of time, it's like, ah, oh, forget it. Let's go. <laughs> like, not only not only did the the dog come in dead last, but it, it took that long. The dog never even really finished the race in a reasonable time. No. Now, are we to believe the dog is just like laying down, sort of like giving itself a bath, like licking itself? Or do you think it's just yeah, like he's like meandering? He wasn't made for this. And that's when we cut to Homer and Bart outside. And now they just they've lost the last few dollars they have. So they're just picking up tickets, looking for winners, like hoping that maybe, you know, they'll scrounge up a few more dollars. Question. How would you, because I did have a legitimate question about this particular scene. How would they know that it was a winner? Like, yeah, so I thought about that. So if it was like, say, the fourth race and you knew like what number whirlwind was, I think it was like number six, then you could pick that out. But unless you memorize the number horse for every single race that won, (laughs) like, yeah, you're not going to find anything. It's a lot easier to find a like, oh, you know. I think at some point of all our lives, you might have picked up like uh, a scratch ticket on the ground to see if maybe it was a winner or something like that. But yeah, with something like this, it would be much more difficult. But Nick and I, when we used to work at the convenience store, we'd watch people who'd buy the scratch tickets and they would just scratch off the code. Oh, right. Yeah. Instead of the actual numbers. And you were like, if you get a code over $500, it's just a collection of numbers and letters. Like it doesn't say like one mil. Like if you get something really high up, it just says like XY74. So like there was always a chance, right? Somebody buy like a, like the, um, crosswords one or the bingo one the ones that take a really long time to do and they would just scratch off the codes and they'd get thrown away and you didn't have the time to do them either and you know that somebody probably threw away like well you can scan them too you can scan losers so that's what i would do it i was just scan the losers or you're gonna scan three before shut your system down though at least back then you could oh that's right there was a limit on how many losers you could scan yeah they've they've changed that now you could do it yourself you could just scan a million losing tickets if you want and see if you won yeah it's gonna say now it's um a separate like kiosk yeah, you do it yourself. Yeah. I think the reason you can't do it on the other ones is because they assume that idiots like Nick and I who are bored alone in a convenience store at 1030 at night or whatever would have just like scratched through enough or like scanned enough until you got enough to pay for the ones that you didn't win on and <laughs> just have like a huge payday. But yeah. Mm. Isn't that illegal? Oh, sure. Like you can't not even just that, that you you can't if you work at the store, you can't buy the winner from that store or something like that. No, that was I never an issue so. with us. Yeah, I think it, because there's so many checks and balances with like the cash registers and the cameras you couldn't yeah 
I will say though that that convenience store did get broken into a couple times, and each time the people stole like big stacks of those scratch ticket books, like and they get all the out. cigarettes. <laughs> well, the cigarettes at least is currency. Like if you win a million dollars on a stolen scratch ticket, like you just report that to the state. They have serial numbers on them. Like you can never do right. anything with that. Yeah, you'd scratch them for two days straight in your house and be like, "I did it! I finally won!" And then just get arrested arm. when you tried to put it in. I feel like cigarettes would be like if there was a convenience store version of supermarket sweep, like that's where you would go and just like grab mm. all the cigarettes. Like that's where you get the all most the money, like the quickest. Yeah. And then the beef jerky. That shit's mm. expensive as fuck. Value in beef jerky. Yeah. But yeah. So now we're back in the parking lot. As they're looking through these tickets, you see Barney drive by who probably shouldn't be driving, but he's like, what did I tell you? Whirlwind. And he's got a girl in the car with him too. So her standards are pretty shitty. Or she's an escort. Yeah, I'm assuming with Barney, <laughs> but she's just back in the car because she had to change wigs. Yeah, he also has $130 in his pocket now, right? So who knows? <laughs> but in the distance, you hear someone yelling at this dog and kicking him out and saying that he's lost for the last time. And uh, I know it's a cartoon, but that legitimately made me feel bad when that was happening because I was thinking of like a real dog just being like kicked out into the streets because they can't win a race that it never asked to be in. And I just, I don't know why it hit me. Same no, thing. I had the and same like, thing. I thank God they didn't do the, the like dog getting injured noise. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it broke that. my heart. <laughs> I love that in our lifetime, they've changed that. Like in movies, like true lies is the best example when Arnold's like running through the snow, killing all these people and two German shepherds run up and he hits them in the head. And then the next scene is them being like, like, it's like they know now people will just be like so fucking mad if you kill an animal. It's always just like, I stunned you and I ran away and now you're just, you're going to hang out. It's cool. I think Steven Seagal is the first one to do it. Kill a dog? No, the first one to like not kill a dog. There's like a whole subplot in Out for Justice where he like some guy throws a dog out the window and he finds him and he's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm going to name this dog Coraggio. And then at the end, it pays off where like he beats the guy up, he finds him and the dog pees on him. He's like, hey, he's a police dog. I'm going to watch that tonight. That would be real so hard. <laughs> so in any event, the dog that runs out, that gets kicked out uh, and then runs up to them is Santa's little helper. And uh, Bart immediately wants to keep the dog. And Homer's like, but he's a loser. He's pathetic. And he's licking his face. So he falls in love immediately and goes, he's, he's a, a Simpson. Simpson. <laughs> so now uh, we go back to the house where everyone's just sitting there waiting for Bart and Homer to return. And, you know, Homer walks in pretty sad because he has, he has to admit that he's lost all this money and he doesn't have anything for Christmas. But as he's about to do that, that's when Bart walks in with the dog and immediately lifts everyone's spirits because everyone's just excited that they got a, a new dog in the house now. So that's that's the gift for Christmas. Enjoy the Greyhound farts. They're the worst. I'm calling <laughs> kind of bullshit on this, though, because people are still going to want gifts. I think the dog would lighten your spirits enough. I mean, if you didn't have a pet, well, you have a cat, I guess, but like. Well, I guess for like. He also brings the dog and comes, he, he comes clean. Yeah. Marge isn't expecting anything from Homer necessarily. She knows the, the situation. Maggie's too young to understand. Bart knows Lisa everything that happened. He was with Homer. She can ride the dog now. Yeah. So now Lisa got oh, okay. a dog for Christmas. So, you know, it's not, I mean, yes, uh, ideally you would still want to open up presents on Christmas morning, but getting a dog in the house, if you wanted a dog is a, is a decent consolation. Yeah, that's true. All right. All right. Because even Marge in that moment, she's like, God bless him. Like, she's so like, she's like, he did it. Yeah, he pulls it off somehow. And uh, I like the line there, too, is because uh, first, well, Lisa's first thing is so love, love at first sight is possible. But Bart's is uh, and if he runs away, he'll be easy to catch. Acknowledging <laughs> yeah. that he's a terrible, uh, a terrible greyhound. <laughs> yeah. The oldie slow pokey. And then when Lisa asks his name, <laughs> Homer goes, uh, number eight. Uh, I mean, Santa's little helper. <laughs> it's a sweet way to end it, too, right? 
yeah, you get like a photo of the family and uh, you get the closing credits where they're all just singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You got, you know, Bart and Lisa both. I, I would have thought it would have just been Bart, but you got Lisa in there too. And they're just kind of chiming in with their little extras after each line. The like a light bulb and all that stuff that, you know, we all grew up knowing the songs to have those versions too. But I think there was one part where Bert, uh, Bert, <laughs> where Bart goes like strip poker. And I was like, I don't think even as a kid, I, I knew a strip poker <laughs> version of the song. Oz was like Monopoly. <laughs> yes. And I don't think when I was 10, I knew who Attila the Hun was or what strip poker was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a, that's the entirety of the episode. So yeah, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit because we, we've completed this. I mean, obviously we talked, we made Simpsons references throughout the episode, but anything you guys want to say Simpsons related because it is such a gigantic show? I don't know if I go a day without quoting the Simpsons. It's something always still to this day. And like I said, I'll throw an old episode here and there. I don't watch any of the new ones. And still, it, especially around the holidays, there's always something, right? Like the toppings were also cursed. Like there's such little things <laughs> that always jump into your head. And I think that there's got to be something to be said. And I know I bring up other shows a lot too. Like Seinfeld had a big part of my brain, whatever. I don't think anything has as much property in my brain. And then it gave us other things too. Like, I mean, this is how we launched Conan O'Brien, right? And like this whole world of comedy and for better or worse, whether you like a show like Family Guy or uh, American Dad or whatever, like they don't exist without this, right? Like it's so everything changed because of that whole episode of South Park with the Simpsons did it. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A whole other show taking from that show can reference that everything was already done by this show. Yeah, because I was thinking about this stuff too. You know, up until The Simpsons, and there might be examples, so I'm sorry if I'm forgetting something. But when you think of like the lay of cartoon shows and not just the fact that most of them are geared towards kids, because it's not even about that, but like this one that's strictly dealing with the family in a sitcom style that, like I said, could easily have been just regular live action. When I think back at cartoons leading up until this moment, you know, it's never really delved that much into realism like this, where, you know, the, the, I think the closest you'd have was stuff like the Jetsons and the Flintstones, and those are in the distant past or the distant future. There wasn't a lot of like modern day, here's just a family, it just happens to be animated. And there are so many examples of it now, but yeah, at that time, I can't think of anything that would have been before this one. No, I can't either. I can't either. But. Things come up and they get a little more crass or whatever, you know, a little more modern, but everything leads back to The Simpsons. It's the blueprint for everything. You know, it's not like you can say like, oh, well, you couldn't do Family Guy without the Jetsons, right? But you couldn't do Family Guy without, you couldn't the do South Park without, you know. Right. Yeah. It's the perfect way to put it, the, br- the blueprint for just everything that came, that we have now, like. Yeah. And also subversive in a way that South Park isn't that I feel like, you know, if I was to have kids tomorrow who were five years old in the house, I wouldn't feel weird putting The Simpsons on. But if I had certain episodes at South Park on, I'd be like, well, maybe they shouldn't hear this, right? Like, it's clever mm. and funny, but it's never Just like... don't put the movie on, you see Bart's ding-dong. You do see his ding <laughs> I would say, uh, may- maybe, maybe cover your child's eyes uh, during any, like, itchy and scratchy type scene. Those can be a little graphic. I want to say that was an all of us drinking in the theater at Showcase Cinemas movie. R.I.P. That and Waiting are the big ones I remember getting way too drunk for the theater. I remember we saw Waiting. I got up and said something to you, Jay, and you pushed me. And like an asshole, I brought bottled beer into the theater. (laughs) So then like six empty bottles just started rolling all the way down to the front of the screen. And we're like, maybe we should go now. And Joe, I know how you feel about Florida, but you should really go to Universal Studios where they built Springfield. Because it is really it's 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 worth checking out. I do want to go. 
I got like giddy and like I hadn't seen The Simpsons in years. Like we we even said, but it was like nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. Like everything they cover. You can every go into Moe's. Thing, like like Moe's is really cool to check out. There's a Duff Beer Garden, so you can have an actual Duff Beer that's like brewed specifically to be Duff Beer. Uh, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Do they sell Bort license plates? They do. They have. They have. They them. do. They. They. Yeah. They. I can't remember if it was a license plate specifically, but whatever it the was that they were selling chain. that had all the names. Yeah, I have one. It was the yeah, keychains. Jeff, uh, Jeff Poop brought me back one. I think from last time he was there, so I have it on like my like, my board tacked up. My son's name is Bort too. <laughs> we need more Bort license plates in the gift shop. Did you just say Jeff Poop? Jeff Poot. Oh. Oh. The, okay. I remember him on Instagram. <laughs> Jeff Poop. <laughs> That you just Poop. casually slipped in my friend Jeff Poop. Mr. Poop, he's the salesman. That just makes me think of The Office, by the way. I'm, I'm sorry, but The Office when uh, Meredith's son just keeps calling Dwight Mr. Mr. Poop. Poop. <laughs> 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 when he gets the security badge made and Jim makes it super big and puts his middle name as Fart. <laughs> my name is not Dwight Fart Schrute. But a couple of things I just want to bring up because we didn't mention this like we normally would have for a sitcom, but the cast of this has a lot of heavy hitters, right? Like Hank Azaria, you've got Harry Shearer, you know Matt Groening, who you know, designed and did all the things. Like all, people who are just again present all around in all these things, and Yearly Smith, who I can't not think of, just screaming through Maximum Overdrive the entire movie, which then immediately makes you think of can't get that from here. That's huh? now <laughs> ruined for anything to do with Stephen King. Sometimes is he is the one? Out. Is he the one who's um on Spinal Tap? That's Harry Shearer, the drummer, uh, bass player, Derek Smalls. Ba- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The drummers are rotating. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's right. I believe at last uh, last check, it was Joe Mama Besser at the end of the movie. I believe it was like a Christmas or something. Since this is a Christmas episode, I I, I want to say it might have been for Christmas one year. I, I don't remember. But Joe, you got me the Return of Spinal Tap VHS, which, boy, that's not good. <laughs> it's not great. And I love Spinal Tap. I have the like comeback album, but there's one joke in that movie that made me laugh so hard when we watched that still I think of all the time. It's what he's talking about, how he made another movie after Spinal Tap and it didn't do as well. And that it was Kramer versus Kramer versus Godzilla. <laughs> he really <laughs> thought that a story about custody battle versus giant dinosaurs would go well. And it didn't. Like I don't know why that's so fucking funny, but it really is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we should probably wrap this up. When this comes out, this is Christmas week when this episode's coming out. So, you know, you probably have some other things to do and we've, we might have eaten up a lot of your time unless you're listening to what I said you're doing your Christmas shopping. So thank you for that. So let's get into our um, our green light or cancel. Guys, The Simpsons, green light or cancel. Gordo, I'm starting with you. Green light. I can't. It's weird because I can't not think of the future. If I'm looking at just this episode, I think it's just kind of, it's a little weird to have your pilot be a Christmas special. Yes. But ultimately, it has enough meat on the bones that I want to see it not be Christmas themed and just want to see the regular life of the Sims. So it's a green light for me. Iconic. Gay from old man. The whole nine yards. Ferg. I'm going with my buddy Gordy. Uh, green light for me. Yeah, he said it all. Uh, it's, it's such like a big part of our lives, that show. And even as a Christmas episode, it, it's so wholesome and stuff like I loved every second of it. And if you think of a lot of other Christmas specials, none of them really have plots. Like a Christmas a Christmas story, it's a story about a kid that just wants a gun. Well, a toy gun for, for um Christmas. This was, he didn't get his bonus and he's trying to give Christmas to his family. And in the end, it just shows you the true meaning of family and Christmas. And I can't cancel that, man. Joe. 
I think I said the other uh, a little while ago, but like it's constant. The other day we were walking through the like an Ocean State job lot, and they just had a big bunch of stuff that was all Denver Broncos. Like you know they must have got on remainder or whatever. Walk by first thing, oh the Denver Broncos. Like it's so there's a reference for everything. Um, so it's hard. Like Gordo had mentioned and Ferg had mentioned that like you know you can't not think of the future, but the Simpsons just looms so hard in our lives, and I have so much love for it. But on top of that, I love Christmas episodes of shows. I love Christmas movies. I love the sort of time this is in and I, I love watching it again with a critical eye and seeing the sort of weird parallels to uh, vacation so a huge green light gotta love the simpsons nick the simpsons for me has always been that thing that everybody else likes but you don't i'm in the same boat with things like sushi and stuff like that and i've seen a handful of the episodes of this show but i i just like never really felt engaged to be fair animated has never been my favorite thing i've always kind of moved away from anything animated for some reason i don't know if it's a visual thing uh or attention span i don't know what it is i think you guys are like really way too stuck in the nostalgia of this and i feel like i i have the privilege of not being a simpsons fan and watching this uh for the first time raw and i'm canceling it like this was first of all jay brought it up that it is very true to form as far as not needing to be a cartoon what then why are you a cartoon like do the things you can do being animated that you can't do otherwise it's depressing as fuck like i don't want to see this guy struggle to get his kids presents on christmas like that's super super depressing and real and i don't think it needs to be on a tv show let alone an animated one the characters were i I think that was a product of the time maybe um they were really tough to you know, fall in love with, I guess. Like, you, I didn't have any kind of connection with anybody except Homer, and I just felt bad for him the whole time. I think anybody, I think you guys greenlighting the show are, like, way too into the rest of the show to really give this first episode an honest review because it's not good. This is a hard, hard cancel, and I was hoping this would kind of make me want to watch this show more, but now I am, like, way out of it again. Like, I don't want to ever watch the simpsons really like it doesn't uh, it really really bummed me out this episode cancel bah humbug man nick just sucked all the wholesome out from the last three reviews but um (laughs) i'll say this so um believe it or not i'm actually i'm going with nick and i'm also canceling but i do not have the hatred that nick has towards this episode uh my reasoning is more like nick said i think you guys had a hard time separating the rest of the series uh from the pilot and it's understandable, especially when it's a show that you love. Yeah, we've and all done. I, I was. Mean, I just haven't seen. Yeah, it's it's yet. very it's very difficult to do that. You did it with Parks and Rec last week. Listen, in any event, so going into this episode, it was fine. I didn't hate it, but if I was just to watch this as its own thing, seeing these characters for the first time, like I enjoyed it, but there wasn't like that desire to like let's go, let's move on, let's watch the next episode. It was just okay, and in th- and that's all it really comes down to. I love The Simpsons. I don't, as we said before, I don't think any of us keep up with it these days. Although I'm very tempted to just watch like a random episode from the newest season now. Like I might even do that tomorrow just to see like what is The Simpsons like in 2021. For this episode alone, I didn't think there was enough for me to want to pass it. But I will say, in contrast to Nick, I do like that this could have been live action, but it's a cartoon. I think that that's what made The Simpsons special is that they they capitalized on something that no one else really thought to do. And just made an animated series that was kind of for the whole family, not just for kids. But yeah, that's that's a cancel for me. Can I just say that I um mine wasn't based on nostalgia. I mean, it helped, but I really liked the Christmas stuff. 
and the whole Christmas special. To cancel that would be like canceling Christmas vacation after we made all those parallels. <laughs> I, I just think that it's kind of, like I said, when I, with my green light, it's kind of weird to start on a Christmas episode, but that's kind of a one-off thing, I feel. You know, right. and, and like I said, it propels me to want to see what normal life is like. So I'd give it a number two, but I understand where you guys are coming from. with that. One thing I was thinking of that Nick brought up that I never thought of before is this sort of is almost indicative, too, of a different type of show that was coming out at the time. Like, think of a show like Roseanne, right? Which seemed way more real because it was a family struggling, yeah. you know, to get by. And their episodes, they were always were very big on their holiday episodes, Christmas, Halloween especially. And this almost, if you took the slapstickiness out of it a little bit, you know, makes you almost feel like this is what like a Roseanne episode would be like. You can see Dan doing that, right? It's a weird thing I've yeah. never thought of until you mentioned it, Nick. So I want to do this before we close out because this is our Christmas episode. Doesn't have to be sitcoms. It could be anything Christmas television related, movie, TV, Christmas special. I want to go around. If you could pick one thing to recommend to people to watch for Christmas, what would you have them watch? Any Christmas episode of a TV show, Christmas special, Christmas movie, anything. Let me go first because Joe actually, via Instagram, convinced me to watch Christmas with the Cranks and I had never seen it. It is such a good movie, and I ne- I don't really hear people talk about that movie for some reason, Very but forgotten. it's really good. Tim Allen, like in his prime, for some reason is in that movie, and it's just a lot of fun, that movie. I would definitely suggest Christmas with the Cranks. I'm sure everybody in the world has seen it but me for some reason, but watch it again if you want. Joe. I mean, I'm just so happy that I- Nick watched Christmas with the Cranks because I love that movie so much. I mean- there's a million TV shows, and just to say something different than I have said already, because Christmas Vacation would be the thing I tell everybody to watch, I will say the Letter Kenny Christmas episode is a very good watch. I watched it last night, so I would say that's a good uh, a good little half an hour that you don't even need to know the characters very well. You just laugh at everything that's going on. Ferg. It's a tie for me, so I'm going to say one because I think you'll say the other. Yep, I'm going to say yep. the other. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Gre- Gremlins is my favorite Christmas movie. Don't tell me it's not a Christmas movie because it takes place on Christmas. He gets gizmo for Christmas. Everything about that movie is Christmas. I watch it every December 1st and I will watch it on Christmas Eve. Gordo. And I saved you for last because you seemed the most perplexed as I was asking the question. So I wanted to give you the most time. I wasn't per- perplexed. Uh, I wasn't expecting this. My I don't, I worked at a Christmas store when I was like 18 for like a year and a half. It sucked all like the fun of Christmas out of me and made me a Scrooge. But like, if there is one thing that I do enjoy to watch, it's the, uh, the, 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 the claymate, the old claymation nostalgia. With the California thing. raisins and everything? That one? No, the heat miser. Oh, your oh boss, okay, okay. Your ex boss. Yes. Yes. My ex boss, the heat miser. That one, I, I just enjoy the songs and like I just get nostalgic when I hear those. So that I'm would be my Mr. pick. White Christmas, I'm Mr. Snow. <laughs> and then I, uh, for me, it's uh, Ferg. You know what I'm going to say? It's it's the Muppets Family Christmas Woo! Special. I love that one so much. It's all the Muppets go to Fozzie's mom's house to spend Christmas, and like it's all the Jim Henson characters all like come in at some point. So like, go for the icy it's, patch. It's, it's, it's the regular Muppets, but then the Fraggles are there. And then, like, when when the Sesame Street characters all come caroling, if you feel nothing in that moment, you are dead inside. I'm sorry. If you don't feel anything during that moment, you are dead inside. <laughs> and, again, not to be confused with the Muppets Christmas Carol, which I prefer. Muppets Family Christmas. 
which you can find in full on YouTube. So I would recommend all of you go check that out. I'm not sure I've ever seen that. It's great. Watch it. It's great. It's good, so yeah. good. But Christmas Carol is also great. Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, Muppet's Family Christmas is more of like a Christmas special, not so much like a movie. Yeah, it's more like a who's dropping in next kind of classic 70s. Right. And to, but to wrap things up, three out of five uh, green lights for The Simpsons. So congratulations to The Simpsons. You do go on to see episode two. And for what we know of the actual future for 700 plus more after that. But congratulations to The Simpsons. Please go to S1E1Pod.com to check out everywhere we can listen to us, all our social medias, rate, review, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Please check us out. Spread the word. means the world to us. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate, it's cool by us. Goodbye. I think we got the best stupid sexy blenders. <laughs>